How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews. <laughs> Hold up, episode stop. 25. I got it right. I got it right. P, how's it going? Fred, how's it going? Uh, it's going okay. It's going okay. Things good. It's good. After in case every... intro. <laughs> All right. In case everybody's wondering why P was laughing, I tried to do the intro, what, three times? And I just couldn't get it right. It's too early in the morning. There's a lot of craziness going on in the world. It's just insane. So we're going to, before we talk about our, our main topic today, I hope everybody's safe out there. There's craziness in the world. Some parts of the world worse than others. Obviously, Italy being hit super hard with this stupid coronavirus. But uh, uh, Fred, we were talking a little bit. How are things in India for you? Uh, so in India, I'd say it's relatively sedate compared to what I see, like, you know, on the news and hear from people in other countries. Um, obviously, like, you know, they are taking some measures, like, you know, whenever you make a phone call, there's like this pre-recorded message, you know, telling you, like, wash your hands, practice social distancing, all that. Um, also, like, you know, stuff like cinemas and all that are, have been closed until the end of the month, at least here in Delhi. Um, but also, like, the numbers are decently low. Like, it's like a country of, like, one point something billion people. I think they're still under 100 cases, but obviously, like, that's 100 cases confirmed. You know, we still don't know. Like, in most countries, still don't know the real number because everyone still has to, like, get testing. But in general, I guess uh, the analogy I gave you <laughs> before we started was, you know, there's still toilet paper in stores here. So I'd say overall we're kind of better off than it is in some other places where there's a lot more panic. Yeah, no, that's for sure. So, P? Well, Ohio. I, know, I know Ohio. Well, in my neck of the woods specifically and up north, I think it was three confirmed cases. And down, like, right around where I live at and work at, it was, like, four confirmed cases where they were treated and sent home and quarantined. So, All right. How uh, are uh, how are the stores? Uh, things empty? Toilet paper? The, what, what are you guys looking at? No, no toilet paper. Uh, no hand sanitizer. Uh, but it's a lot of soap on the shelf. I don't get that, but because uh, I'll be reaching for soap. Because I already got plenty of soap. So I think I was already prepared for this. So, because we, wow. had, we had a whole lot of sanitizer and soap and just, just shit that I feel like people need to stock up on anyway, besides Corona. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is shit we should be doing anyway washing our hands, using hand sanitizer, covering our yeah, mouths exactly. when we cough. Like, it's, it's basic principles, you know, our parents taught us growing up. You know what I mean? So, you know, and, and yeah, the thing is, is like you can still catch it. It don't matter. You know what I mean. So I'm just taking it one day at a time. So I ain't worried about it at all. I said, hopefully, some of those good habits, like the people are starting to do now because of all this, hopefully those kind of like carry over because like some of those you kind of should be doing already. So, but what's amazing to me is I even after this, I was in the restroom and I saw a guy going to the restroom, take a shit. And walk out and then wash his hands still. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking like, like that's so nasty. You done dug in your nasty ass, put it on the door handle, and now you expect me to come behind that shit? Like, yeah. I almost didn't want to leave. Like, ugh. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know, man. 
that's crazy. Well, things on my neck of the woods here in Southern California are just insane. All schools have been shut down. A lot of events postponed, church services. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And if you go out there, you just kind of drive the streets. It's very much empty. It looks like the apocalypse. And I know there's uh, a story of this guy on Yahoo, this idiot that... Uh, that he has trouble selling 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer that, that he just you can't sell them. So what happens is when this whole spread uh, or coronavirus uh, thing kind of evolved or, or people were going crazy, this guy ran at a U-Haul truck, went around his city, emptied out the shelves of every hand sanitizer he could find, and he was marking it up on Amazon, right? Oh. So he was selling it for crazy amounts of money. Well, now, because of the ban and everything else in Amazon, they're banning people like like this idiot of uh, ripping off the people that are right. genuinely in a panic. You know what I mean? So now if you look at uh, if you go to Yahoo, there's a picture. He's like on the front page and he's been on the, on the front page. Uh, his whole garage is this filled with all these bottles and face masks and everything and you know he i guess he expects people to feel sorry for him because he has a one-year-old and he's married and this was supposed to make him rich guys so he can't sell it now i, I feel so bad for the guy you know so i don't people like i don't feel bad for yeah. shit yeah it's people like that that just kill it for the rest of us because look i went to the store not in a panic i was just trying to buy just some extra stuff but nothing crazy and just everything is empty no toilet paper no sanitizer no eggs practically no milk no water right uh no rice no beans a lot of vegetables missing and you're like what okay this is why why things are bad costco is horrible you don't even want to walk into a costco people fighting over toilet paper um costco doesn't open until i don't know nine o'clock in the morning ten o'clock in the morning people are lining up you know at six o'clock in the morning so this is just crazy. Everybody just stay safe out there. I mean, if it is an epidemic and it's bound to, you're bound to get it. You're going to get it. Just take care of it. Take care of yourself. I know it's almost like a, like a flu, but 10 times worse or whatever. But as long as uh, I guess you take care of yourself. I mean, I, I don't I don't really know much about this thing. I know there were some talks about uh, I, I know this is probably a myth, but they were saying that if you get it, and then you get rid of it, that it permanently damages some of your organs. Now, is that true? Is that people causing other people to panic? I don't know. You oh. know, I don't. I guess we don't know. But uh, yeah, hopefully they figure it out. I am a little concerned more for like my mom. You know, she's in Indianapolis and she's in her late sixties. I think she's pretty healthy, but she does work with the public. Uh, you know, on a daily basis, she says things have been really slow over there, but. As you guys know, typically people that are a little bit older are the ones passing away, you know? So, of course, you know, just everybody out there just stay safe. But with that, let me segue into today's topic, which is uh, each one of us pick three watches for the apocalypse. Very, very fitting. So, um, yeah, we're going to go around. We're going to talk about them and just kind of see what everybody picked. This is exciting. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, but now it kind of... It's very fitting for what's going on. So, guys, who wants to go first? Well, I'll go. Okay. When, you know, uh, my three picks weren't that expensive, but I feel like during the apocalypse, it, they will be appropriate. Sure. And, 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 and it's also dependent on how long the apocalypse actually lasts. Because, you know, everything True. has an end date. 
I'm glad I'm glad you so, said that piece because that factored into my yeah. choices too. Right, right. Well, it factored into my choices too. So. Right. So I'm giving it about a 10, 15 year span of, of famine and disparity. Okay. So my first pick was the original G Shock WD fifty six hundred. As you know, this thing is unstoppable, it's unbreakable. And I feel like it's everything that you need in a watch. Casio battery lifeline lifespan lasts 10, 15 years. So that's why I went with that one. Um, my second choice was a Citizen EcoDrive ProMaster GMT. Okay. Uh, functions, uh, dual time zones, three hand with uh three hand with date, dial is black, red accents, luminous hands and markers. Water resistance, 200 meters. Case size, 44 millimeters. Uh, the crystal is anti-reflective sapphire crystal. As you know, I was going to go with a Seiko Solar, but I think the EcoDrive technology is a way more advanced than that. So I think that that'll be a watch in the like, last till whenever. You know so I mean? before we move forward, <laughs> do you know prices on these guys just so people can get oh, it? I know you oh, said yeah. affordable, but yeah, the, what, what are we talking about? Oh, the G-Shot, of course, costs about 50 bucks. Okay. Um, ProMaster Citizen, ProMaster GMT coming in at $525. Okay. Um, and my last choice is it's an automatic watch. It is a Hamilton Khaki King. Okay. Mm. You know what I mean? Um. Like like I said, it all depends on the situation. Like, you know, if if from what I understand, if it's a nuclear bomb, you know what I'm saying, our course watch is gonna blow up anyway. And the only thing that's <laughs> gonna be left is automatic watches. So, you know, that's why I chose that one. Um not only I think it's stylish and it's it's appropriate for the time. What is that yeah. running? Five hundred? Six hundred? Three hundred? Uh, Five hundred and ninety five dollars. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh reference number eight six four four five five one three three has the caliber H forty in it, automatic forty millimeter K size. Uh only downside to this one is that it's fifty meters water resistant. Yeah. But good. but uh, I ain't too much worried about that either because if it's an apocalypse, I don't plan on getting on no fucking boat. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Or no shit <laughs> like that. You might need to like so, cross the Atlantic or cross the, cross the Pacific. I don't know, man. Like things, I, maybe you know things. Look, it's the apocalypse. Think people go crazy, right? So it might be flooded. You might. You're not gonna have planes, man. Kind of, You might have to cross a river, man. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully fifty will get me there. <laughs> you know, so yeah, just don't. Well, fall hopefully in the water. you'll be fine. Nah, I don't plan on it. I don't. What? Well, here's my thoughts about, about your picks. I think G-Shock is pretty cool, obviously. I, I think we, I don't know about Fred, but I think we all picked the G-Shock in, in, our, in our picks. Citizen 2, I mean, I, I think I, did I pick a, so yeah, I picked the Citizen as well. But Hamilton, I mean, I was kind of debating, but the thing, now correct me if I'm wrong, it might be, but so automatic watches, right, or mechanical watches or whatever, uh, they're not that accurate, right, when it comes to the hours. So my fear is depending, like you said, depending on how many years you're, you're going to have to have this thing. It's like if you're in the middle of the damn apocalypse or whatever, how many minutes or how many hours are you going to lose within that 
time span, right? Because right, right. Automatic watches or mechanical watches either tend to go plus or minus every day. So can you imagine for years and you don't have like like a, a clock that you're like, okay, what am I sinking into? Right. There's no cell phones. There's no atomic clock. There's no nothing. So that was my fear. And that's the reason I kind of stayed away from automatic watches. Right. Right, Fred. But, what do you think? But it's it's like the same thing if you have a quartz watch, though. Like, you know, it can yeah, like quartz go down at any time. Still have um, they still drift, you know, and especially over time, that was called I think it's called quartz drift. Like they'll like obviously they're much more accurate than uh, right than mechanical watches, but they still will lose time over time. Um, yeah, but how much compared to mechanical? Of course they will, but you know, I don't. What are the, the comparisons? Stats, like. It would be obviously much less than mechanical watches, like just to give a ballpark right. figure. Obviously, we know that mechanical watches, you know, for example, something that's COSC certified, I think that's plus or minus uh, four to six seconds a day, for example, whereas quartz, you're talking about seconds per year. I don't know how many, but, you know, obviously, like the the numbers are different or like, you know, the same thing with those um, spring drive ones. I think they're like a few seconds a month versus a few seconds a day type of thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of it depends really on how long it is. And also, if you know roughly what your deviation on your watch is, you can always compensate for that. A lot would depend on how well you know your watch. You know, if you know that your watch loses, you know, for argument's sake, five seconds a day, then you know every few days, you know, okay, it's been three days, I need to compensate for 15 seconds, something like that. Well, also something to something to consider and i guess th- this whole apocalypse thing uh watch thing is, is like fun right but if there's something that i've learned about this coronavirus is when when news gets delivered about something people would just go nuts and everything basically shuts down immediately so keeping in mind right if you if you get like a quartz watch or whatever you have it in your collection it's like yeah say for instance like peace said this whole thing could last 10 15 years okay but when you have the watch in your collection, is that battery even fresh? Or how, how long have you had the watch already in your collection? You know what I mean? So I guess these hypotheticals that we're throwing out is the minute the, the, the Armageddon or whatever you want to call it hits, that's the minute that you acquire the watch, right? Fresh from when the starts. This is the assumption because if you already have that Cassie in your collection for five years and you never yeah, change the you battery. Yeah, five left. Yeah, good luck with that. So, I mean, that's something to consider as well. So, with that said, what I would say is, A, just to, just as a, a good uh, customary thing or, or just just uh, something to do, I, I've heard this before, is like, change the battery. I mean, if you go battery, change the battery in your watches maybe every year, you know, or have extra laying around just in case, you know, so... I don't know about you guys, but that's what I would do. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, no, great picks. I, I think, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. The, the, the khaki, in my opinion, I don't know. I'm a little on the fence on that, but but it's a cool watch nonetheless. That's, that's what I'm rolling with, bro. I'm rolling oh, with it. Well, let's let's do this. We forgot to do the wrist watch check. <laughs> Before oh, we get deep into our thing, uh, let's just go around the room real quick. Fred, what are you wearing? Pete, what are you wearing? I got my Seamaster 300M back on its bracelet. Been a while since I wore it, mm. so it's nice to have it back on. Nice. 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 Um, Venice Tamex, Viz Camp 1969. 
Very nice. Still running strong, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm wearing uh very fitting for today's episode of my uh uh GA one hundred, my G Shock. This thing's a monster, but uh I ain't it, yeah. Though. yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. I, I was uh what's that? Is it on your list? No, it's not. Oh. A G-Shock is on the list, but not this one. This this model is actually very affordable. I got it for like 60 bucks. Um, and it could have very well made it on the list. But once I get to my list, you guys will see why I pick what I pick. But uh, yeah, it's a cool watch. I mean, I, I get some compliments from people. I mean, it looks very kind of military ruggish. And I've been meaning to put a, a video out on how to change the strap on it because it's not as easy as other watches. You need to get extensions and like spring bars and... But once you're able to change it <clears throat> and you, you're able to put like a NATO strap on it, which is what I did, it just completely changes the watch and it looks super cool, even more military, you know what I mean? So I remember taking it to the snow, to the mountains in December and it felt cool, right? I, mean, I felt almost like a military guy, right? With my, I took my knife, I took uh, my watch, I took some other things. And then the people that we went with are like, damn, man, what the hell? Are you going to war or something? I mean, it, I, it looked very kind of ruggish, <laughs> very uh, military. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just ready, you know? So, but yeah, that's what I'm wearing. So anyways, Fred, let's talk about your picks for the Apocalypse Watch. All right. So like Pete, I based mine on partly on how long the Apocalypse would be because Apocalypse is kind of a loose term. Is it really the end or are mm-hmm. things going to get better? Um, and also, I picked right. uh, three different ones based on different types of apocalypses, like different scenarios. That led to. Oh, my goodness. And then last but not least, all these are on the assumption that you got them after said apocalypse happened. So therefore, price is no object. Obviously, after an apocalypse, money doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, P, I'm, I'm, I'm already sensing a, a brightening emergency or something. This guy's just going right, to right, right. right. <laughs> On emergency, the aerospace is, is the first and only quartz on my list. Um, but okay. that's the first on the list, the Aerospace Evo, cool titanium, 100-meter mm-hmm. uh, water resistance, thermal-compensated super quartz. So thermal-compensated means that essentially, um, in addition to being really accurate, it means it's not as affected by changes in temperature. So if you have some sort of like environmentally-based um, apocalypse, like let's say like global warming takes a real turn for the worse, so you get like a solar flare or some shit like that. You'll be you'll be able to like hold your uh, your accuracy better. The watch will work better. Obviously, you know it's got a chronograph. It's got a rotating bezel, so if you need to time things, again we got to consider that. You know you kind of got to go native a little bit, maybe if the apocalypse happens. So you need to be able to time things. Know you know when food is coming out and all that stuff. Uh, multiple time zones, especially if you're going to be traveling across your countries and all that. Um, you know foraging and whatnot as you do in the apocalypse. Um, yeah, it pretty much has everything, and because it's titanium, it's gonna be nice and light. So you know, if you're traveling more, you have to, for whatever reason, you don't want to be burdened. You know, like with a big heavy watch on your wrist, and also it'll be easy to like put under like a jacket cover or something if you need to wear a heavy jacket. So pretty much a good, very good all rounder. The only downside is the battery only lasts about four or five years. Uh, so you better hope things turn out well, because I don't imagine batteries are gonna be easy to come by. In an apocalypse, um, so yeah, so that's the first. One. Now let me and let. Is this the one? I, I'm I'm looking at one. Is this the one that has like a an extra clock on the bracelet? Uh, they did used to do those. The current production one doesn't have that though. But they did 
it's pretty they cool. Like I think that's cool. Um, but no, this is like just the the current one, so it's just one Glock. Um, and yeah, the Aerospace Evil, it's called. Um, mm. So that's the first one. That's the only quartz on my list because I was concerned about okay. getting batteries, and also from my next situation, you'll see why I'm also concerned that you don't want something electric. Because let's face it, one of the most popular apocalypse scenarios is if there's some sort of like you know nuclear war, everyone fires off all their stuff, and a byproduct of nuclear explosions is electromagnetic pulse. So that not only disables electronics, uh, but also in the case of mechanical watches, it magnetizes them, which makes them pretty fucking useless. So for that reason, I picked the Blancpain 50 Fathoms annual calendar. So couple reasons mm. for that the first one being that it has a silicon hairspring and it's anti-magnetic so the electromagnetic pulse won't really affect it that much and also with 300 meter water resistance again if it's some sort of environmental based apocalypse and like there's lots of flooding you'll want that water resistance and also it's important to remember if this lasts a long time this apocalypse the more water resistance you started with obviously over time that's going to go down so if you start with like something like 300 you know 10 years down the line maybe you've still got 200 or 100 left like so it, it's got some resilience to it and the annual calendar because you need to keep track of the day as well you know if it's been five years since whenever the apocalypse happened you want to know that otherwise you lose track of how much time has passed and they always ask that you know like how long has it been since judgment day or whatever it always be pertinent. <laughs> like it always seems to be pertinent how long it's been. Yeah. You know? Um so is this uh so it's not automatic? No, it's, it's, it's automatic. Uh, no, no, it's automatic. Okay, mm. but it's anti-magnetic, yeah. so it won't exactly. affect it. Because so, it has the silicon hairspring and it also has a um I think they also have an anti-magnetic ring around it, if I'm not mistaken. Um and then the last one. Uh, again, taking into consideration, it's going to be a very, very long um, nuclear, uh, sorry, not nuclear, a very long apocalypse. And that is the Ublo Big Bang Unico Perpetual Calendar mm. in titanium and wow. ceramic. So first off, you got that rubber strap and titanium and ceramic is going to make it lighter. So it's not as burdensome on the wrist. Perpetual calendar. So you will always know what day it is, regardless of how many years have passed. It'll compensate for leap years. It'll even be easier to know even what year it is. Moon phase. So again, you can sort of check and make sure that you're sort of in line with, uh, with, um, with the cycle of the moon. You know, make sure you haven't had any deviation. Um, it's got a full chronograph as well. So if you need to time anything. And also quick release straps, which mm. probably are not going to come in handy at all. But <laughs> um well, you gotta look stylish with your. You gotta match your knives and your machetes. That's Come on. It. That's oh it. yeah. Um, yeah, and also because, well, like I said, I'm judging all these based on the fact that you're getting them after the apocalypse, so money doesn't really exist. So it doesn't matter that this retails for sixty-one thousand US. <coughs> now, now if okay, let's, so let's talk about it because your picks, as usual, and I know you were gonna go heavy with the money, if if. Uh, you buy them now, right? So break it down for me. What does that Breitling cost? A Breitling was four thousand three hundred and seventy-five. Mm. All right. What about the the Blanc Pont is twenty-eight eight. So. Oh my God! Damn. Jeez. <laughs> and how much was the Subla? The Subla sixty-one thousand. Damn. Oh, that's it. Okay, yeah, that's pretty full. Yeah. Wow. 
So this is uh, this is basically for the rich. Uh, but like you said, if, if price was an object and you basically know that you want that Hublot and that's the thing for you, as soon as the apocalypse hits, you go break that window and you go yeah, get yourself yeah, one of these. That, that's the move. For me, one of the biggest things that's that's what you gotta was do. bearing in mind that like, especially if this apocalypse lasts a long time, you need to go mechanical because batteries will run out. So it needs to be either manual right. wind or automatic. I would say automatic just so that you don't want the thing to stop because then you have the problem of accuracy, like you said. And also because if it lasts several years, I think a perpetual calendar is good because that's, especially if, you know, electricity isn't something you can count on, batteries aren't something you can count on. Perpetual calendar is the only way you're going to really keep track of how much time has passed since the apocalypse, figure out what the, the actual date is. So the, that Hublot was like the most rugged perpetual calendar I could think of. I know there's like a Panerai. I know uh, watch what's that? Uh, Watchfinder, Watchfinder on YouTube. They did an apocalypse uh, special, and they they talk, I don't remember the reference, but it was a Panerai they were talking about. It was like super rugged, super nice. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't think about that. And yes, I, I do remember him saying something about uh, nuclear affairs, blah blah, and it'll mess up the batteries. But it's like, look, if there are missiles launched or nuclear radiation coming around. I wouldn't be so worried about watches. I'd probably be more worried about growing a third nipple or something, you know? So <laughs> it'd be one of those things where, you know, you're going to get cancer and you're going to die and we're all going to die. And it's just no, all the more no reason way around you need it. that calendar. You, know I mean? you want to know how much time you have left until that nipple comes about. True. That. That's true. That's so true. That but if you can't break the window, <laughs> I was gonna say, if you can't break the shop window and get it, and you don't have money or monetary, or money is just not relevant anymore. I mean, you could always ask for sexual favors. I know people have been uh, offering sex for toilet paper, apparently. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure that everybody in this podcast right now, if that was to happen, the first thing they would be thinking about is breaking a glass window oh, to get a watch. Yes. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yes. So. You know, I know. I already know where I'm going first. So I'm dying happy, baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm going. This is not on my list, but I am finding an Audemars Piguet right. AD, and I am getting me a Royal Oak. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even though it's not a rugged watch, I don't care. I want to die happy. Uh, right. Yeah, you're just assuming you can find one at an AD. <laughs> That's true. A blue dial one, right? Good luck. Uh-uh. But I really want that Samariner, Fred. Or don't, don't go looking Rolex. at ADs. You're, you're going to have to go the long way. You're going to have to look at all the abandoned gray marketplaces and hope that their safe isn't too strong. <laughs> or I'm going to have to go on YouTube, find out no more who internet, has that man. in their collection and go, damn it. Well, I'm right. going to have to remember who has that in their collection. I'm going to have to go pay them a little visit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am here for your collection, what sir. Is, what is in your list, Miguel? Because it's increasingly sounding like you're not going to do too well in this apocalypse. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I mean, geez, now you guys got me thinking. So based on everything we talked about, I am making an assumption that, God willing, this is not going to be a nuclear thing and it's going to be something completely different like well what's going on right now right it's a virus it's, it's a zombies or whatever but it has nothing to do with nuclear stuff okay so you don't have to worry about components my so right so everything i picked is solar and uh before i get into it let me i know some people know about solar and eco drive or whatever but let me break it down a little bit more 
Uh, and this is kind of what I picked when going solar. There was things to consider, right? So number one was like a budget, technology, water resistance, functions, and of course, design, because you want something that looks pretty at the end of the day. I mean, you, you got to match your outfits when you're in the apocalypse. You got to look cool, right? So anyways, um, something I was thinking about, too, when I was doing my list about solar is like, is anybody actually working on a solar cell phone? solar power cell phone that would be kind of interesting i would like to see maybe somebody develop that right because now we're talking there's no electricity so you can't charge a cell phone um right and, and i i understand there'll be no internet but there is functions on your cell phone that you could potentially work uh, out right calculator different things uh, camera i don't know documenting things recording things on your cell phone so that'll be kind of cool to have a cell phone that you could operate with uh, with the sun, right? So I don't know if somebody's working on that, but that would be pretty cool. Even even if not for the apocalypse, just on a regular day-to-day basis now, I think that would be pretty cool. But anyways, everything I picked, like I said, was uh, solar. And basically, what is a solar watch? For a lot of people listening that may not really be familiar with them, because I really wasn't, because I don't have any in my collection. I've been wanting to get one, but I, I don't really know much about them, right? But uh, unlike mechanical watches, you know, they work completely without a battery or rely on the sun for another light source or another light source to power the battery for use. The difference, of course, between a solar watch and an atomic watch is, uh, uh, you know, both are, what was it? Both types of solar watches use solar panels for power. Uh, However, a regular solar watch requires manual time setting. An atomic watch sets its time by using radio signal obtained from the atomic clock. In this case, in the U.S., it's in Fourth Collins, Colorado. And uh, watches are charged via solar panels, same as solar in homes. So if you think about it, you have a little solar thing panel in the watch, and that's how it gets powered. I understand you don't need just the sun to power them. You could basically have it on the fluorescent lighting or whatever, Mm -hmm. and that would definitely power it up. Uh, According to my research, a lot of these watches, as long as they're fully charged, and you could put them in a drawer uh, completely dark and they could go about some six months, some a year without having to be recharged. So that's really good, right? So my picks, of course, I had to have a G-Shock in there. Uh, I went for the Casio G-Shock Master of G. The reference mm. number is the GSG 100 It features uh, an analog display as far and a digital display. So Anadigi, which I really like, is solar water resistance 200 meters. It has a resin band. The bezel is made out of resin and a stainless steel. Uh, it's a big boy. It's a 56.2 millimeter watch. Overall, it's 54 millimeters and it's 17.3 millimeters thick. So it's a huge guy. Um, mineral is uh, glass. It has a world timer with 31 time zones. Stopwatch, countdown timer, five alarms, battery level, battery level indicator, power saving. So basically, the display goes black when the watch is left in the dark to conserve uh, energy. It has a full auto calendar all the way up to. 2099, the year 2099, uh, 12 hour, 24 hour format, double LED light, mud resistant, shock resistant. So that's one of the guys that you definitely want to get. Some of the downfalls for me are the mineral glass and the size, but you could acquire this watch right now for 250 bucks. Mm. So it's super affordable. It's, it's resistant. You could definitely 
punch a zombie with it, and since it's shock resistant, you know that it will last. Uh, it's not going to break, well, except for the mineral crystal, maybe. But also, it looks really cool. I know there's different references, but this specific one has that army green color with black. So it's like that olive green, very rugged, very you know military looking. So that's pick number one for me. You got to go with the G-Shock. Number two, I went for a Citizen Pro Master. This specific uh, model is called the Altitron. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Altitron. Basically, it's a 46 millimeter watch, stainless steel case, uh, rubber uh, uh, band on it, solar eco drive core movement on it, 22 millimeter strap, water resistant to 200 meters, uh, mineral crystal, date, chronograph, analog. Um, this isn't a full analog watch. There's no digital display on there. It has an altimeter, a compass, a power reserve indicator, uh, has loom on the hands, and is designed also to show the air pressure. So more of a pilot's watch, if you would, but it does come in at 300 bucks. And a solar power, eco drive, very reliable movement, so you don't have to worry about things. And I, I thought that with the chronograph, that was kind of cool. Uh, I like the fact that everything I picked has kind of a chrono- chronograph or a countdown because you never know in an emergency situation, you need to revive somebody, you need to use your stopwatch for things. That's very, it comes in handy, right? And then the last one, so in Japanese, right, I wanted to pick something Swiss. I went with the TSO, TSO T-Touch mm. Expert. Um, so 45 millimeters on this guy. Oh, by the way, the Citizen can, uh, can be picked up for 300 bucks. So not bad. So 250 bucks. This is 300 bucks. This TSO is 850 bucks. So this is a more expensive one that I picked, but it's 45 millimeters, full titanium. It's uh, titanium PVD coated. They call it 22 millimeter bandwidth sapphire crystal. So analog and digital. So Hanna Digi, you get loom on the hands, but you also get a backlight water resistance to 330 feet. It has a solar quartz movement uh, on it or battery, whatever. Uh, alarm, compass, altimeter, chronograph, uh, different time zones, alarm, touchscreen, uh, second time zone, perpetual calendar with day and day, day and week indicator. So that's kind of what I went with. Uh, aesthetically, not my favorite pick, but I wanted something that kind of resembled um, Fred's pick, which was a Breitling Aerospace, because I really like that watch. But I was like, well, that's a full quartz, and I'm assuming it wastes a lot of battery. And if you're in an apocalypse, you need something solar that's going to last a long time. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yes, so those sir. are my picks. What do you guys think? Nice. I completely butcher them. They're, no. they're bad. No, I think like nice. I don't. I, I don't think it's no wrong picks in yeah. this whole thing. So it's interesting seeing yeah. like which we all like took different factors into consideration and like prioritized like different things. Like yeah. definitely the solar angle makes a lot yeah, of yeah. sense. Except for if you know that whole nuclear winter thing happens and like the sun gets covered, then you're sort of back to square one. That's why I like stuck with mostly, oh, like, yeah. with mostly mechanical because my logic is that all right, you, got, you can't really bank on anything sort of battery related because if the sun gets covered, you're screwed and you're lucky that you found the watch, you know. <laughs> but yeah, well, the cool thing about solar though is that any light source would yeah, really power yeah. it up, that's you know, really cool. so that you can sort of lean on that. Yeah, and it, it's pretty rugged. I mean, well, especially, like, if I had to really pick from these, I will just go with the G-Shock, man. Because I have one in my collection, and I, I got to say, I mean, it's it's and it's 60 bucks. It's no, nowhere near the Mudmaster. You know, Mudmaster is 
a completely different animal, you know. And I know there's Mudmasters even more expensive than what I picked that actually have a compass and a thermometer. And I mean, I was going to go with something like that because I think having a thermometer would be hugely beneficial in, in, a, in a thing like this. You got you to gotta realize when an apocalypse hits, if your house is destroyed and you basically live like the walking dead, right, where you just kind of have to keep moving and you got to go to different places, there's going to be different climates, different humidity, uh, different, you know, different everything, you know, things definitely change. So having the least amount of things possible on yourself to make yourself lighter and be able to run faster and hide, if you can have a watch that performs the functions of a lot of different tools, that's the route that I would want to take. You know, if the damn thing came with a flashlight and an integrated knife, I'll be like, this is all I need for my survival, you know? So. And it's funny that none of us picked that that uh, Sylvester Stallone watch, the Richard Meal, right? It comes with, what was it, oh, Fred? No. Like a million dollars? A, I think, was it a water purifier? Or it was like a like something that you can check how pure water is or something like that it's something crazy but i'll tell you one like i thought about that for a second but i'll tell you one reason right now why i didn't put it because try finding one why is that you know like they're hard enough to find when it's not the apocalypse (laughs) you know like uh, of all my three picks definitely the brightling i know if i find any abandoned brightling store or abandoned brightling ad i know i will find an aerospace in there the hoop, the blind pile will be a pain in the ass to find. The hublot, but you will find one. Would be sort of the mid range. I've seen a couple in ADs. Finding that blind pile is a pain in the ass because also I expect it on the bracelet. So probably the most realistic to be able to find would probably be the bright link out of my three. Mm. But I think probably the most yeah. useful about is probably still the hublot. I think that perpetual calendar will come in handy if this apocalypse lasts a long time. Yeah. So what about you, P? What, what would you, if you had uh, to pick one from your collection? Probably the G-Shot. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So how about we do this? How about if we had to pick a watch from each other's collection? Let's go, uh, Fred. What would you pick from P's collection or would you pick from my collection? Uh, from P's collection, I'd probably pick the G-Shot just because it's the one I know the most about. Um, and that's pretty much uh, almost an exaggeration because I don't know that much about it, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, I'm going by familiarity. I'm going by familiarity. And also, and reputation. At the end of the day, G-Shocks have a reputation for being very, very rugged and sort of able to take any sort of punishment. So that's also another factor that comes in. Um, from yours, fuck, yours is interesting. And, like, I really do like that solar angle because I think it, is, it does address sort of, I guess, any reservations I had about, like, the quartz angle. It's like, all right. Just go solar. Um, I would probably pick that Tissot. That sounded interesting. So I think I'll probably go with that. Yeah. Okay. I will go. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, what did uh, What did my boy P pick? You picked the G Shock, the Citizen, and the Hammy. I really wouldn't go with the Hamilton just because of the the water resistance and time only. Like I said, I want things that have more things in it. I probably, you know what? I will go for the Citizen. I will go for the EcoDrive right. ProMaster GMT. That sounds interesting to me. I like the EcoDrive movement. And, and again, solar. I want to I wanna kind of stick with the solar. But if I had to pick uh, Fred's collection, I'll go with that Hublot, man. I mean, that thing is crazy looking. So uh, I'll be kind of scared, though, because, I mean, people in the apocalypse, 
I mean, now they're fighting over toilet paper, like physically fighting each other over toilet paper. So I would imagine if you have like a really cool looking watch, people, people don't care. Just, they'll like, be after food. They'll be... walk right past your watch and go for your, for like a box of crackers. Yeah. But people I mean, are I mean, I mean, yo, I mean they, they just they yeah, like if you were in apocalypse and you saw a guy with a, a Rolex Smurf on, like you, you would think of you would you would think twice I'll about busting the dance in the head and taking it. Then everybody be like, "What was that for?" They don't understand, man. They don't get it. They don't get it. In the grand scheme, <laughs> most people won't get it. They won't notice. You know, like why did you kill that guy? <laughs> or his hubla. <laughs> yeah. That only happens in pre post populist people won't care. Oh. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. That they'll trade their uh, million dollar Richard meal for RM twenty five oh one. I'm looking it up. Crazy looking watch. They will oh, trade yeah. this yeah, for, for sure. a yes. slice of bread. You know. <laughs> it's either your watch or survival. But uh, but yeah, no, that's. That's fun. That was fun. About your pee? Um, so let us what know, guys. You, oh, uh, oh, yeah, P. I'm sorry. From hey. Miguel, I would probably go with the Tussaud. Um, Fred, mm. oh, man, uh, probably the Hublot. Yeah, that sounds, right. you know. Wow. All right. So let's see. So two of you guys picked my Tissot. So clearly the Tissot is a winner in my collection, right? And then yeah. both of us picked the Hublot, right? But interestingly enough, yeah. in your collection, uh-huh. we both picked two different things. <laughs> right, right, right. So you have two winners in your collection, Pete. There you go. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, everybody listening, we this is a cool topic. I mean, this is exciting. If you get a chance to, if you listen to this on YouTube, leave us a comment there. But typically, most of the traction we've been getting for our podcast has been on Apple, right? So... We haven't really seen many comments there. So, yeah, leave a comment there. Let us know what you would pick or just let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, This is super fun for us to do. You know, three friends is kind of gathering around, talking watches, talking nonsense. So, yeah, we we, we would like to know what's in your collection for the apocalypse, right? So, um, with that said, I know there was another watch we wanted to highlight right guys we've been wanting to talk about this for two episodes now but we just haven't had a chance to talk about the christopher ward the c65 dartmouth series one so i don't know if you guys got a chance to check it out but it comes in two dowel variations right the black and the blue yeah black any and thoughts blue. on that watch different straps yeah different straps yeah you could pick it on yeah uh-huh. gee how many did, six strap options so and, and of course it varies on the price. So depending what you pick, it could go from nine hundred and ten bucks to a thousand and twenty, which is actually not that bad, you know. Um, I'm, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing. You know, like what is it a a, a homage to the Omega Seamaster three hundred? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I think it's hot. Correct, correct. I'm different. I like that they mentioned that in yeah. the description yeah. of it. Like, they outright say, you know, it draws influence from the right. 300 big triangle. Like, because then it's like, it's not like they're pretending to be something else. It's like, no, they're saying where they got right. their inspiration from. But I think also, on the same token, yeah. it's still like, it doesn't look exactly like it or like an outright. You can tell they just right. inspiration. But it's cool that they actually mentioned it. Yeah. And then 
the same thing with uh, when they talk about the movement. They're not out there calling it like, you know, the CW569 or any anything like random like that. They're like, no, it's a, it's a Salida. It's right. SW200. It's a Salida. Right? I like when companies do that, when they're well, outrating is... straight up the, hey, it's an off-the-shelf movement. This is where it is. This right. is why we picked it. Instead of like renaming it and hiding the fact and like making it sound like it's an in-house. Well, I know they've gotten in trouble before, I think early on. So since they got in trouble for claiming things that, that you know, necessarily wasn't wasn't true, I think they became a transparent company. And I, I appreciate them. You know, I really like Christopher Ward. The more I, I, I see their watches, the more I read about them. Hopefully one day I could own one. Uh, I don't really consider them a micro brand anymore. I know they were at one point, but they, they make their own movements now. So then their designs are actually pretty cool. Right. But this is straight from their website. I wrote it. It says, a watch licensed by the UK Ministry of Defense to beat the Royal Navy's, uh, no, bear, I'm sorry, not beat, bear the Royal Navy's uh, naval crown on his case back. Design uh, flourishes from the Omega Semester 300 Big Triangle, a watch commissioned during the 1960s by MOD to comply with their 0552 Divers Watch spec. So, yeah, they took inspiration from that case spec. does have the crown. Um, you can pick, and it's 41 millimeters, so it's, it's very um, like skin diver-ish, right, design. Uh, I think it's super cool. If I had the the money, I would definitely pick one up. I will go for the black case on the stainless steel bracelet with the Fotina. I've always been a fan of the big triangle at the 12 o'clock, you know, very reminiscent of, like I said, Omega 300. I'm a huge fan of the Omega 300, so I, I really like this watch. Um, but what do you guys feel about uh, Christopher Ward? You guys like the company? Yeah, I think you they're pretty decent. Like the you know what I mean? From what I've so and and the pieces they bring but as far as this watch go i think i will also go with the uh the black face on the stainless steel bracelet although the black face on the black strap looks pretty good too so yeah on the strap it does look nice as well yeah like i mean everything that Everything they're putting out is is really nice. I mean, if you go to their pages, there's new releases. Go check it out. So, but what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say like I think it looks nice. Like the model is nice, and Christopher Ward in general offers pretty good value. Um, my only thing, and this is gonna sound like the most superficial thing ever, but I think their branding is terrible. Like their logo, and they just are write just the word Christopher Ward. It's like, like for example, Audemars Piguet. That's just the name. But it sounds nice. Christopher Ward is like someone who is like your neighbor who you borrowed. <laughs> it just doesn't like. And even if you get past that, it's like fine. That's what it's called. That's fine. But at least like you know, they always just write out the word, Chris. The words Christopher Ward. I think if they even if they just pushed, even if they just put that logo that they have like the of the two low crosses, if they did just that on its own instead of just this. They always find, like, the most boring font to type their name in. The only thing I will say is that this looks nice in that at least it's, like, centered as opposed to just off on the side like they do on some of their other pieces. Um, but that's the only thing I, I really can knock them for. The watches themselves are good. The pricing is right for what they give you. Um, their designs, even though a lot of them might be, like, vintage-inspired, I wouldn't even call them homages, if I'm honest. 
I think this is literally they take inspiration, but they still make them their own. Like, there was that Pepsi GMT they did. It doesn't look at all like a Rolex Pepsi, you know? Like, and despite popular belief, I don't think that Rolex has monopoly on the colors. Right, blue. right. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. So, yeah. I think overall as a brand, they're good, and this is a cool-looking model. <clears throat> My only thing is just they need to figure out what's going on with their logo and how they present their brand on the dial. That's my own with it. Oh, I, yeah, I know that's been a huge point of contingency within the watch community is the logo because the old one, if I remember correctly, used to be chr dot yeah. So like kind of abbreviating the Christopher Ward and now they spell it out and then they change the position of the Christopher Ward logo on the dial. So as many of you know, just with um, with selling product or being a marketer, right, You or, or any company, you need to be consistent. If Coke or Pepsi kept changing their logo through the years significantly, it, it, people would kind of lose sight of that and you wouldn't be able to recognize it, right? So if I saw this Christopher Ward kind of like the older version, because I'm looking at one, I wouldn't know that's Christopher Ward because the logo looks completely different, right? So it's abbreviated. The font looks completely different. So yeah, I, I agree with with Fred. You gotta you gotta have consistency in a company. And I really like that cool little logo with the with the cross. I would I would hope that they just kind of use that. I'm looking at one of their tridents, um, and they have the logo on top at the twelve o'clock, but right at the bottom it says Christopher Ward. So it's like it's too mm. much way too much on the logo you know what i mean so i would say keep the logo on top because it looks very kind of swiss i'm assuming that's because of the swiss flag right, right? with the little cross and all those squares um and just have chris award christopher ward written out on yeah the exactly paper, i think the dial no, side not... they should just have a symbol like whether it's these crosses or something else like they should on the dial side they should yeah. just have a symbol and then they can write the name on the back you know well, something that uh, that I know they've been doing for like the Triton series is the second sound. It has the little uh, yeah. Triton uh, symbol on it, so that's cool. It's like we that that could be you your thing, right? Right, right. Yeah, it reminds me of, like Poseidon yeah. or something. It's pretty cool. First time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. But the logo is just then. Then they have one with actually. A, I'm looking at another logo with here. A w in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. So they had another logo, which was a big C and the W inside the the C. Um, but then again, right. they spelled out the name Christopher Ward at the bottom, right? So I don't know. These guys are just all like, over I don't the think place. it's much issue with the fact that they've changed a few. I more take issue with by the look of it. They've gotten a few that actually didn't look bad or that were almost there. And then this is what they've landed on. It's like you've been in better places right. with your logos or, or you've got this trident shit. Like I feel like their logo and branding for one of their sub collection for one of their collections is better than the one for their brand. And that's not how it should be in my opinion. I think that CW one without the Christopher Ward under it, I think that'll be fine for the front or go with the crosses. And then just write Christopher Ward on the back. Yeah. I can dig it. Okay, okay. Yeah, they've been around since uh, tw- uh, 2004. Mm. So they've been around for, for a minute now, 15 years, I believe. So, yeah. Now, correct me if I'm London. wrong, they are London. based in yeah. London, yeah. right? And they're fully online, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were one of the first ones to sort of go that route of not doing physical stores, of just managing themselves nearly entirely online. 
they've been pretty successful at doing that. So I mean, there, there's a lot of a lot of kudos going out to these people to. And like I said, I would like to own one of the watches. This specific model, the C sixty five Dartmouth uh, series one, I think this is one of the one of the nicer looking ones. How do you guys feel? Uh, so I'm looking at their something that kind of sets them apart. Also for the C Ward is the hour hand. It almost looks like a teardrop, right? I mean, I've seen it throughout their 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 models. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I do like the fact that like in in some of the models, like the C sixty five, they have the the hour hand is like this big triangle. I, I'm a huge fan of that. I, I, I really like that. I'm not so much a fan of the teardrop design, but I am noticing a lot of their designs across the board, like the Trident GMT, Trident Bronze. Actually, the Bronze is the one with the teardrop. So if you go to their website and you look at that, the hour hand is the one kind yeah. of like with the leaf. It's not a teardrop. It's more like a leaf style. It's interesting, but I, I definitely prefer the big triangle i think it's it's more of a manly manly look you know what i mean and it really mm. really reminds me of an omega <laughs> i don't know why but uh, also another watch in their collection that i really like is a limited uh edition is the trident ombre cost limited edition so uh ombre translates it's french term translates to shaded so i am looking at that dialed and it's crazy but anyways i digress there is a lot of cool models that christopher ward is putting out uh and you can find them pre-owned as well you know ebay i think amazon no i think ebay something on ebay uh one of the things that i really like about their collection is their retro they call the retro dive watches because i'm a huge fan i don't know about you guys but i'm a huge fan of skin divers i don't have one in the collection yet I have a regular diver in the collection, um, but the skin diver, for all of you that don't know, it's water resistant, maybe not to 200 meters. It's actually a lot of them are, you know, 100 meters and a lot of them don't feature a crown guard, right? So it's that aesthetic without a crown guard, kind of like the Oris Diver 65. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of that design. It's very kind of retro uh, what about you guys? What do you prefer? You prefer uh, just a diver style with the crown guards and kind of you know heavy looking um, watch, or you prefer more style, of a period. skin diver? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, just diver. Okay, well, Fred? it depends. Like, there's some that look really good. Obviously, like there's always that little bit of like retro appeal. But on the same token, like mm -hmm. looking at my Seamaster, for example, like this is a design from the '90s where it's got crown guards, but they're like. They're more rounded off. They're not as squared off as, for example, the crown guards you'd see on a Submariner or a Deep Sea. So I, or an yeah, SKX. Or an SKX. <laughs> so I think it's all it, it's all subjective. I, I couldn't pick one or the other. I've seen some like crown, crown guardless ones that are vintage inspired that look really nice. Other ones that's like maybe they should have spent a bit more time on it. And the same thing for you know full on modern style divers with, with sort of. Uh, more modern styling and crown guards and all that. So it depends. For me, it's hard to pick one or the other. Yeah, no, for me too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of divers, obviously. I, I, I love them. But uh, there's something retro about skin divers without the crown guards. It just, it looks cool. I think it looks very cool. But uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what we got, right? I know, well, I'm looking at it. We're Blank Pound, 50 Fathoms, yeah. Bathyscape. 
see that kind of looks like a like a skin diver to me it doesn't have the crown guard so i think that's pretty cool but uh anyways let's talk other things aside uh, from watches Got uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but before i get into that you know, oh, I no. did something i did something <laughs> for president this weekend my wife took me to a nail spa <laughs> you know I, I'm, I'm about to start. you know you it do was, it every weekend it was great <laughs> I got my feet and my nails done. <laughs> to all my guys, you know what I'm saying? I would recommend this, especially if you're up on your feet, you're working hard, you're doing a lot of walking. You know what I mean? It really makes a difference. It really does. But but Star okay. Wars, the Clone Wars. Let's get into it, Fred. Let's get into it, Fred. <laughs> yeah. I, man, this, this, oh, this episode, like, I don't want to give away spoilers, but this was my favorite one. Of the you you know so what it actually done, right? What I'm liking what they're doing with Anakin is they're actually showing his path to the dark side. You know what I mean? Like when he had killed yes. uh spoilers involved, fuck it. When he killed when he killed Admiral <laughs> Trench and then the music <laughs> came on. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. You know what I'm saying? Like they're actually showing it and they're letting yeah. you see like what happened. So I'm actually wondering like are they going to show more of uh, Order 66 and what he did? Like, I think, I think that's what we're going. I think it'd be interesting if, I think it'd be interested, interesting if they did, if they sort of, you know, bleeded it into episode three right. a little bit, showed us a bit of what was going on, like, not behind the scenes, but like, you know, in all those times when we weren't seeing Anakin, like seeing what was he doing in the meantime? I think that would be very cool right, for yeah. badass. Um but yeah, like in the, I completely agree. I like that they showed us a little bit of his darker side and how he's getting there. I mean, let's face it, he's close. This is already close to episode three yeah. chronologically, uh-huh. so it's like they had to start showing a lot more of that right. coming out. Um, and yeah, I just like the fact how, like you said, when he killed Trench, how first Tre- Trench was like, "Oh, you won't kill me. You're a Jedi. You know, like the the Jedi right. don't do right. that." And he was like. You think I? You think I won't? No, he said I'm. I'm not. He said Dooku would kill me. And Anakin's. And he's like, he said, you think I won't? He said I'm not that weak like them. Like yo, yeah. But see, you know what? It's it's been it's a debate going on online where people are talking about where he actually descended, like to the dark side, and a lot of people are saying, yeah. Maybe with, you know what I'm saying, the Padme shit, this and that. But I think it happened way before then, like when Ahsoka left the Jedi Order. You know what I mean? I think that was probably, there was that. Obviously, there was an episode two when his mom yeah, died. Yeah, that was a yeah, big thing. Right. Like, right, that set right. him on that path. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, casually massacring an yeah. entire village to, uh, right. <laughs> to, to put so. you on that path. But, um, but yeah, like, I think seeing little bits of this, I think it's sick. And I actually really hope they do exactly what you did, what you said, that, you know, hopefully they let it go in a little bit to what was happening during episode three right. with Order 66. Yeah. Because one thing, one thing, the only time I've ever really seen them do Vader's power justice or Anakin's power justice is that end scene in Rogue One. That's the only time where I really feel like they showed, like, right, full yeah. strength. And I want to see that at least once in the Clone Wars because it's like, you know, he's not hindered by, like, the mechanical right, right. stuff. I just want to see him do something, like, just yeah. overpower. Yeah, uh-huh. You know? Yes, sir. You know, because they say at that point in Rogue One, he was just 80% of his power. 
you know, so. Yeah. No, much less yeah. than that. Much less than that, apparently. Because, like, once he was in the suit, oh, yeah, that yeah, took yeah, away sure. a lot of his power. But he had to work it back. He actually worked the suit into his ability, though. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, and he used, and he would use the force a lot, like, to get right, the most out right. of the suit. So, I'm just, mm. That role one scene was hot, though. That was the shit. But, yeah. yeah that was cool. I want to see, I want to see something like that. See, like, the right. same Boham on, on, like, you know, a bunch of droids yeah. or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. I want to, I don't know. I kind of want to see, like, destroy other Jedi. You know what I mean? Because, like, like, the, the <laughs> novelization do it better than what uh, Revenge of the Sith did. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I mean, they kind of glossed over a lot of that and just pretty much the only time he fought another Jedi once he turned to the Dark Side right. was Obi-Wan, which right. was a great right. fight. That was a great fight. Right. Very epic. Yeah. But, again, I don't feel it really shows his nah, power. Nah, nah. You know, like his raw amount nah, of power. Nah. I, I, I'm hoping they do Order 66 in this. You know what I mean? So, if yeah, they do it in this, that'll be epic. Epic. You know? Yeah. So what do you think, Miguel? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I fell asleep. I, I'm not paying attention. <laughs> Any anytime somebody talks Star Wars, I just completely oh, <laughs> my, my own world is so boring to me. I, I'm just glad the Disneyland closed. I don't know if you guys noticed. Yeah. But we've seen a lot of business from that Star Wars. Why am I happy wow. about it? I really don't know. Do I want to go check it out? Maybe. But it's just look. I can live with Star Wars on the surface level, right? All the, all the, the way that it looks, maybe the history, but getting deep into the story like you guys, now I know how people feel when I talk about watches. <laughs> Jeez, that is boring. Wow. What am I doing to society? <laughs> no, I respect it. I, I just, I can't get into it, but uh, it's cool. You know, I know there's a lot of collectors and enthusiasts of Star Wars, so I'm not, I'm not, right. You know, no, I think, clean around, I but think not, next not week into it. <laughs> is when Ahsoka is you, supposed Brad? to come back. So, so we going to oh, see really? how that work out. I want to see when Darth Maul no. comes back. I feel like they, I feel like they didn't do him justice. Nah, the they, 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 I want to see more play of Maul. Maul. But Maul's supposed to have his own series. Yeah. Really? I also want to see them bring him yeah. back to live action. Like, for all the people say they didn't like right, the end right. of Solo or whatever. I wish they had done better just so it could merit the sequel that shows us what happened. Shows us right. live yeah, action yeah, mode sure. again. Yeah. But they say he got his own series coming, so we'll see. Nice. But I... Oh, nice. Or it'd be cool if they did something like uh, yeah, they did yeah, with Mandalorian hell yeah. for him. You know, like yeah. do a live action and right, give us yeah. a lot of... Because a lot of people thought the Mandalorian wasn't going to work live action, but it's, it's off the chain. Yeah. Shit. My only worry is that oh, yeah. shit is expensive yeah. to make. And they're going to yeah. want their money back somehow at some point. Oh, yeah. I hope It'll it pay off. off. It'll pay off. Well, I'm sure that Disney Plus is going to be making a lot of money right now because a lot of people are quarantined so much, in fact, that they're actually releasing Frozen 2 three months early because we just got the email yesterday. So my wife is excited to watch it. We haven't watched it. So we're watching that. Oh, so that's, that's the, on Disney Plus? One. So, what? yeah, we're excited about Frozen 2. Okay. It, today, as of today, yep. So yeah, just they released it because of this whole coronavirus. So they released it early just to kind of right, right. you know give back, uh, I guess, or whatever. Since they closed their parks, right? So now they're losing uh, a ton of money. 
What about you, Fred? What's going on? Uh, other, other than the Star Wars <laughs> part, uh, what other things are going on? <laughs> um, oh, well, because of the coronavirus thing, so now I'm not going to the gym anymore. So I'm enjoying doing fucking hundreds of push-ups, which sucks. Like, working out at home is terrible when, when you're used to going to the gym. Because you have to just repeat, repeat, repeat. Mm-hmm. It's so boring. <laughs> Wow, yeah, well, for working sure. out Who itself is short. boring, right, P? <laughs> for me, working nah, out nah, I need to, I need to get back in the gym. Man. I need to get back on, man. You know, I feel like with the apocalypse coming, you know, what I'm saying I'm gonna have to be on my A game. Yeah, that's gonna be survival right. of the fittest. Yeah, y'all are gonna be jealous of me having exercise and have my little, little <laughs> <special> calendar. <laughs> I know. Fred be looking on porn in his latest videos, looking I all trim. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know those mutated animals? They're like not going to want to eat me. They're going to be like, oh, no. Right. All bone. Yeah, he's, he's all bone. too chewy with all that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Anything else you want to share? Uh, I think that's that's all that comes to mind. If I'm honest, like I, I've been waiting for other things yeah. just to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Oh, okay. Got it, I got it, got it. Right, right. Um, what did you think? Did you watch last week's episode? What did you think about it? I thought it was good, but it was more right. so just advancing the yeah. story. Like, I was getting a bit tired of this whole, like, right. bad batch. Well, they done now, and Echo joined the Bad Bunch, the Bad Batch. So I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Know? So. Yeah, like, I saw it coming when near the end of this episode that just aired. I was like, oh, right. yeah, he's probably going to go with them. It makes mm-hmm. sense. But I'm glad also that, like, in this episode, there were a couple times where I was thinking, like, fuck, is, yeah, is that yeah. setting them up? Like, right. intention or not, you know? Like, is he going to come out yeah. okay? He came out and all right. He did turn out okay. But there were, a couple, there were a couple times where I thought, shit, like, you know, is the droid army going to do, like, a little right. twist? And it's like they were controlling uh-huh. him the whole time. Yeah. That would have been cool, but also, like, yeah. feel sorry for the clones. Pawns in a fucked up game, man. Mm-mm-mm. That's it, that's it. You still with us, Miguel? <laughs> uh, yeah. Fell asleep again for a little bit, sorry. <laughs> no, something that... So, let me share some things, right? So, I mentioned a few episodes ago that I, was, I wasn't feeling too good, so I kind of went on this diet if you will but it wasn't really a diet it's more of a lifestyle change right so it's been about two months now cool. uh i'm down 15 pounds so I, honestly i haven't even worked out at all I haven't stepped foot in the gym which i know i shouldn't spend such a long time but honestly changing the way that i eat wasn't as hard as i thought it was gonna be so i got into this habit when i got married i gained a lot of weight because I just started eating whatever I wanted, right? So chips all the time and french fries and burgers and pizza and burritos and what, whatever whatever I was craving, I would have without really thinking about the future, right? I was like, eh, whatever, I'm going to die anyways. But the problem is that you don't necessarily die. You just start getting sick. You just start getting fat. A lot of your clothes don't fit you. And it's embarrassing when you see family members they haven't seen you in a while. And they go, oh, wow, you gained a little bit of weight. And it's, just, it's embarrassing. And then to see every single one of my pictures or even myself on video on YouTube, I just wasn't used to seeing myself that way. I was always kind of 
not a thing guy, but I wasn't heavy set for most of my life until I got married. But nonetheless, the reason I did this wasn't so much about looks. It was more because of my health because I really started feeling sick. So with that said, you know, I, I definitely lost weight. I changed my eating habits. Uh, and it wasn't as hard as I thought or as expensive as I thought. You know, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to lose a lot of money. This is expensive. Eating healthy is expensive. Yeah, it's, it is expensive. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, right? Getting a burger, you could get it for 99 cents. But getting a salad, it, I mean, it costs 99 cents for a side salad. But if you want something with chicken, and you're paying six, seven, eight, nine. $13, depending on where you go. So it, it does get to be very expensive. But one of the things that you need to do with the beauty of the internet, you could go and just basically look up what are healthier options, right? Where can I get my protein aside from chicken and aside from meat? So you start learning all, the, all kinds of things and you go to the store and you're like, okay, cool, nuts, right? Almonds, peanuts, everything unsalted, everything just as natural as, possi uh, as possible and food to eat the food as unprocessed as possible because that's where we come from, right? Our ancestors didn't really have a lot of processed stuff. Everything was very natural from the ground. So as natural as you can possibly eat, that's what I recommend. Also, one of the big things that I, I attribute to me losing so much weight is dairy. I used to eat a lot of cheese, drink a lot of milk, anything and everything dairy. I was all for it, but I gave up. And what I what I've been doing now actually mm. switched to almond milk, and it's actually been pretty good. You know, that's how I get my calcium. Uh, I don't drink it just by itself because it tastes disgusting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what we've been doing for month and a half now, my wife and I, because I kind of got her into this, and she really likes it too. So we get a banana. It has to be a ripe banana, right? So you get a ripe banana, about ten blueberries. You put almond milk in there. And then some, uh, oh man, I forget the, the seeds, but uh, flaxseed, flaxseeds, uh, two ice cubes, you blend it, you drink it, and that thing is delicious. It's like, it tastes super nice and sweet, and the almond milk I get is unsweetened, it's the original one. So yeah, that, that basically curves my my craving for sweet stuff, because that was another big downfall of myself and my wife too. We got to to a point where every time we ate a dinner, a, a meal, it wouldn't matter if it was dinner, breakfast, lunch. We always had to have dessert, always. So whether it be Oreo cookies or ice cream or just candies, I mean, there was always something we were eating, and this completely curved that because it's sweet and it just gets you full. Also, for two months now, I haven't touched red meat at all. So, what does that mean for a Hispanic? It means a lot of things because we get invited to a lot of barbecues or carnasada is what we call it. So what do you have? You have a, a plethora of different meats and, and chorizo and different things, carnasada, al pastor. I mean, it's a lot of things that I, I just don't eat. But the crazy thing is, if you've been doing this long enough, two months now, I don't even crave it anymore, which is the craziest thing because that was going to be my hardest thing starting this it was the cravings were so bad i was like a drug addict and and that's what happens you know your body craves sugar your body craves fats and it's gotten to the point where i just changed my lifestyle so uh to everybody and anybody out there listening it's not about going on this crash diet it's not about oh my god i'm gonna count calories yeah that's important but it's more of a lifestyle change just start changing what you eat and just get your body used to that kind of stuff. You know, no more French fries, no more burgers. And if you want a burger, actually, I found a really good alternative that's been around for a while. And it's uh, the Impossible Burger, right? Either the Impossible Burger or the Beyond Burger. So it's all plant-based, 
meat and it tastes exactly like meat. It even smells like it when you're cooking it. They perfected it so much that it doesn't taste bad. It actually now to this point, I had one yesterday. I bought it in the store and I made myself one here. Mm. I actually prefer that to a regular burger. I don't know why, but it just the flavor of it is just so good. And it's just I know it has a lot of coconut oil, so it has maybe some fat from the coconut oil. But mm. I prefer that okay. than red, red meat. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's something that's something to to uh, to note. And then also another thing that that I've been getting into is uh, I want to better my photography and my videography, right? So um, when it comes to YouTube, I, I've noticed that a lot of the things that I do where I really, really get the enjoyment of what I do is like filming the watches and actually taking pictures of the watches. The part that I don't like so much is doing the research and doing the the voiceover and doing the editing is okay, but that's why I haven't really put out a lot of videos because there's a lot of work that goes into it because I'm kind of particular, and I know Fred is too. I mean, I, I this guy spent probably a whole week writing a damn script and figuring things out. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, you know what I mean? But with that said, I picked up this camera for my friend, right? So it's a Sony A6300 frame. It's a 4K camera. But he modified it with a Nikon lens, which is a 50 millimeter. Now, I'm speaking foreign to a lot of you out there. Believe me, I am too. I only know this because this is what I have. But the unfortunate thing is because they're from different manufacturers, um, this particular lens, I had to buy like a, an adapter for it, right? So it could adapt to screw into the camera. Well, it's really cool for taking pictures because it has the capability of like blurring out the background and making the 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 main object like super nice and crisp or vice versa you know i could do the reverse but it doesn't have autofocus so the problem is when i'm filming a watch and as you know you know you're moving your hands you're doing different things fred does it differently because he sits in front of the camera but like for me and i know p you we we show the thing and we move around i know you have some shots like that too some b-roll fred but it's super hard i was i was trying to film something yesterday at g-shock and since it doesn't have autofocus, if you just leave the watch somewhere and you're just recording it on a tripod just to get some B-roll, it's fine. Like, you, you could, it's cool. But the minute that you pick it up and start moving it around, there's no autofocus. Right. So it, it gets blurry. You know what I mean? So now I have to invest in a damn Sony lens so it could have the capabilities of auto-zooming. So now it's getting to be really expensive because i got when i got this this uh camera i got i went wild right i'm like i need a bag i need a neck neck strap i need this i need that Mm. little did i know i needed a damn lens all along you know so now my wife is looking at me like you said this wasn't going to be that expensive and we're way past 300 dollars, you know 350 or whatever and you still need to get a lens so now we're going to go into the 400s which still for a 4K camera is probably not a lot of money. But for us, it's like we right. weren't really thinking about spending that kind of money. And I just picked it up because my friend just wanted to get rid of it, you know. And, and a full disclosure, and I, I, don't, I, I don't care about people knowing how much I pay for things. But this specific camera, when it came out a few years ago, was $1,200. I know this because my friend left the receipt in the box. Well, he sold it to me, the camera, the, the lens. And he gave me a brand new slider. I don't know if you guys seen a slider, but it's the thing that you basically, Mm -hmm. you put your camera on top and you slide it. It's kind of like a half moon. Brand new because he gets sponsorships because he has a lot of YouTube followers, like thousands. So he's a camera guy. He gets these things for free. He gave me that for free. And he gave me a microphone for 250 bucks. So I couldn't 
pass the opportunity. You know, I was like, this is way too good. A 4K camera, Nikon lens, brand new slider, microphone, uh, all that for 250 bucks. Like, I, I couldn't miss out, you know? So, so yeah, that's how much I picked it up for. But obviously, now I picked up other things. So now it's getting more expensive, you know? But yeah, it's a, it's a cool hobby. I do have to say that as far as filming, though, it's just Didn't so much easier you filming that. with Didn't your phone you taking that. pictures with your phone, you know? No, 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 for sure. It's it's such a pain in the ass doing the whole camera thing. You got to set it up. You got to get the right angles. And of course, lighting was always an issue, you know, but uh, then once you have it in the SIM card, it's like you either put it in your computer or if, uh, I'll give you an example. So yesterday when I wanted to share that one picture on Instagram, right, that I took with my camera. Oh, my God. Since I don't have an adapter for my phone, I ordered one that got lost. So now I have to buy another one for my phone for it to be able to read a SIM card. What I had to do was... I had to get my SIM card, had to put it in my computer, and then apparently on Instagram, you can't post things on your computer. It has to be from a mobile device. So what I had to do was I had to get the picture. I had to email it to myself. Then I got the email on my phone. I downloaded it to my phone, and then I posted it on Instagram. I'm like, oh, my God, all that Mm -hmm. for one picture. This is ridiculous. (laughs) When I could just get my phone, take a good picture, load it up, done. But I did notice the quality is a little different. Um, it should be a lot different. But I, I, I noticed it's a little different because I even asked my wife. I'm like, okay, which one looks better? The one that I took on my phone or this one? And it looked relatively close. I don't know because I'm not that good with the camera yet. But she was like, yeah, they both look pretty similar. I mean, this one looks a little better than the one with the camera. But not, not to the point where it's like, oh, my God, night and day, you know? So. But we'll see. We'll see. What are you running, Fred? What I have a camera? Sony A6000. So it's, uh, I think it's the older version of that one that you bought. Um, yeah. I just use yeah, a standard yeah. kit lens. I have some lens extenders to help me do with the macros. Um, the thing about having a camera is you can get better, better content, better quality. You can compensate a lot more for bad ambience, like if you have bad lighting or if... Um, you know there's something that's messing with the coloration you have the freedom to be able to compensate for that whereas with the phone it's like if the phone likes what it sees you're good and it's easy if not then there's not much you can do about it um so it's all really down to i guess like if you need to compensate for your like the camera will always be more involved but also it can get you further if you put the time in if you're just trying to point shoot your phone will get you 90 percent of the way there most times so it's really down to um, yeah it's really down to where you what you need it for um i got the camera because like for mine like the first half of my of my shots is just the watch on its own um so like i need it for you know being able to get those shots making sure they look good make sure they look crisp um and then filming myself i don't really need to do much i just put it on a tripod for the lack of autofocus though i would say if you're filming the watch like from like a first person, kind of like how a watch finder does it, um, you just practice around and get used to the distance that you can't move the watch beyond or to or closer to, and then you should be okay. Um, yeah, I that. tried. Believe me, I spent about an hour yesterday. It, it was it's a pain in the ass because this this you have to be super far away. Literally, I had the tripod tri, tripod extended all the way up. 
And I had to be all the way down there. And it kind of sucks because it's like, well, now I don't know where my frame yeah. is. You know, as before, when I was filming with my cell phone, I literally had my, my cell phone there. And I'm looking at what I'm looking at in the cell phone where people are going to look at. So it's yeah. a lot easier. So I just think with the other lens, it just probably be a lot easier. Um, now, this lens is cool, though. I mean, it, it takes some amazing like, pictures, especially when you're outside with the correct lighting. I mean... It looks really cool. Like you're like, dang, okay, yeah, that there's no way the cell phone could compare to that. But uh but yeah, also another another side thing I know that I'm I'm just kinda throwing this out there, but as a YouTuber and as somebody that's into watches, if you walk into a boutique or a jeweler or somebody that you're kind of trying to partner up with and you show up and you're like, Hey, I wanna film some watches, I wanna partner up with you and you show up with your cell phone and a tripod, they'll probably look at you a certain way. As opposed to you showing up with the gear and with the camera and showing up like true, the real deal. True. People will take you a lot more serious, believe me, I've seen that. Because I, I had a, a guy once, uh, one of my houses, he went, we were selling a house and he, he went to photograph it and he showed up with this badass gear, right? I mean, a tripod and a bunch of lenses. I was right. like, whoa, all right, cool. I'll let you be, you know, I, I, and I didn't know anything about cameras. It was before YouTube. And, and just by the fact that he has so much gear, I was like, this guy's a professional. I don't know anything, but that stuff looks expensive. So, I mean, if you show up with a cell phone and a tripod, people are like, I eh, think it all depends okay, on well, when you, you know? show up. Like, because for example, like before I got my lens extenders, I used to use my phone for my macro shots. But the thing is, if people see my shots before I come in and actually do them, then it's like, that's that's the first impression you make. It doesn't matter where you come in with the gear, because at the end of the day, what matters is the result. Right. You know, like right. if, if it's the first time they ever see you and they know nothing about your channel, about your work or anything like that, then yeah, obviously you'll just judge on that if it's right, right 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 all about talking about first impressions that, 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 uh, that impression if that's like the fourth impression they get of you yeah or the third or even the second it's like it doesn't make a difference you know if they already know that you do good quality right work, they don't really care on how you do it if anything they'll be like you did that with a phone what yeah yeah well it's funny that's that's what i get a lot of uh, on instagram and youtube some people go like hey that's that's really cool footage you got right there what camera are you using and i'm like an iphone 6 i use it to film i use it to edit iphone 6 and some people are impressed some people just go okay cool but now it's like i need now that i claim that i got a camera well not claim but now that i got a camera and it's 4k and this and that i think now i'm kind of putting myself in a hole where people are like oh okay let's see the footage let's see what you got now it should be 10 20 times better than your old stuff and now I'm nervous because I'm like, I don't, it's not really, it's, it, it's, it's about the gear, of course, right. but a lot of it has to do with skill, right? The lighting, the way that you film, the way, I know this because my friend has told me this and he's a professional photog- videographer and I've seen his stuff and I'm like, I don't even know how I would be able to do what he does. Like, it's just insane. I mean, his editing skills are insane and the way that he films is just like, I don't even know how, but that's what he does for a living. You know, he gets paid a lot of money to do what he does and he just perfected it. But it's like, I have a job. This is a hobby, but yeah, maybe I'll get there, you know, but it does take some money. It takes some investment, you know, next is softbox lighting, you know, lighting is super important and where I live is kind of dark. So my house is kind of dark, so not a lot of light hits it. So I I, I right. want to make sure I minimize my I know, reflections in it. It's I know just a since lot I've been using my but, camera, I've but it's seen a learning curve. Difference. So you know, no, it looks a lot clearer. Like, and I've I've been telling you, you know, for for everybody else listening, if you have YouTube, 
cell phone gets you only so far, but you got to keep in mind that people we're we're talking about small little things, right? We're talking about watches. They need to look crisp on camera. And unfortunately, a lot of them have really reflective uh, crystals on them. So it's really, really hard to capture it on camera. I've seen some footage of some guys out there that the watch is super cool. And I'm like, I want to see more of that detail. But because their lighting is terrible and I could see the their light bulb reflected on their dial and the, just the way that they're filming, it's like, look, you don't have a bad channel. But the quality of the stuff that you're producing is not that great. And you just, just it, it's all, just put a little bit more time into your craft. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm trying to be. That's where P's trying to be. That's where Fred's trying to be. Fred's on a different level. I mean, this guy with his graphics and with his information and his 2020 Rolex predictions. And he did his history. And he told you how much money it went up and the percentage. I mean, Fred's on a different level. He shouldn't even be in this podcast. But I will uh, say one thing. It doesn't <laughs> hurt to know how to use Photoshop. Right, like that. That's another yeah, factor yeah. to it. Is like it's one thing what you do with your camera. It's another thing what gear, all that. If you know how to use Photoshop from picture standpoint, it'll get you very far. But at the end of the day, also like just basic yeah. like composition. You know, if, if the picture you're taking is bad to begin with, then it doesn't matter what yeah. camera, what phone Correct. you're using. You know, that is where it is. Like at the end of the day, these are all tools to make that picture look better. But if the picture itself isn't good, isn't well thought out, then you know, no amount of skill or yeah. gear or money is going to make it look good. So, like, the, no, you're the right. The most important and thing is having the right, is having, you know, the picture look good. And then from there, figuring out the best way for you to make that picture look its best. Yeah. Well, what I'm, what I'm trying to do, I know 10 and 2 uh, podcast had one of their buddies. He's a photographer. They had him on one of their shows because they, they were talking about pictures and video and that's something that all of us in instagram even if you don't have a youtube channel if you have an instagram you want the best pictures right you want those likes you want those comments you want people to say hey that's that's an amazing picture so maybe at some point in the podcast we're gonna bring in a professional we're gonna bring in somebody that's a watch guy and also likes photography to get some tips right about lighting about maybe what gear to use what gear not to use and we could go from the most basic like hey I only have my cell phone and I am dead broke and I don't have anything else to, Hey, I have $500. What do you recommend I buy? You know? So, yeah. but anyways, we are getting way past our hour mark. So, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's kind of stop here. hope we didn't uh, bore you guys with our other things, but it's all relevant to watches, you know? So you gotta, you gotta have some gear to share your watches with us. Cause I mean, what's the whole point of having a collection if you don't share it with us? Come on. We want to see it. So, <laughs> Uh, again, uh, like I said before, guys, go give us a like on Apple. If that's, that's kind of our biggest listening platform. But Anchor, we can listen to us on Google. But yeah, that definitely helps because we've noticed that we've grown a little bit. And we want to keep growing, you know. We, we uh, got a lot of things lined up, really cool stuff, really cool collabs. And yeah, where can we find you guys, Fred? And Pete? Find me. Oh, <laughs> watching some video. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> all right, Pete. I, you have like a I, I, all right. I made a dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's where you can find him. <laughs> Pete Ross. Hey, so the question oh, though, is that one of our. <laughs> hey, Pete. Who was it? Uh, who was it? Oh, DM Tiffany, right? DM Tiffany. A hey, shout out to our boy DM Tiffany, doing amazing things. He wants to know what, what building, building you're in, right? What was that thing? The that one he I'm said? sitting in now. I'm at the cribs in the building. You know, 
I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the house of SoCal Watch Review <laughs> podcast. Shit, I'm in the building. Shit. <laughs> I feel like uh, this is DM Tiffany. Uh, he says, I feel like a pressing <laughs> question that needs to be addressed in the podcast uh-uh. is exactly what building is Damn. he in? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to you, man. I know you're working in your shop. We, we, mm-hmm. We're waiting for that. We're waiting for that yeah. watch. Come I'm on. A, in the building. <laughs> we're waiting to review that watch of yours. But anyways, where can, where can you find you? Ralph's wristwatch love everywhere. <laughs> in the <laughs> Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Um, also, check out SoCal Watch Reviews podcast on Facebook. You know what I mean? We've been uploading the content there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just shared Fred's new mm-hmm. video there. You know what I mean? Go check it out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We are in the building. Ooh. Awesome yes. video. Yeah. <laughs> we are in the building. <laughs> uh, Craig. Find me, Shalusho, on everything. YouTube, of course, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. I've run out of social right. networks to joke about, so those are the real ones. <laughs> to joke about. <laughs> I, I have to take down my, Sounds my, good. my MySpace page and my, uh, my Twitter and my Google+. Plus. <laughs> But yeah, no. Shout out to on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and LinkedIn. Yes. All right. So you so you mean to tell us you're not on TikTok? No. Yet? <laughs> you're not doing I your dance moves. Snapchat. That's not enough. There's not enough time for me to be on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Well, just dance. You know, just <laughs> Snapchat. Do some crazy filters. But uh, anyways, uh, so me, SoCal Watch Reviews Podcast, of course. Um, you can find all three of us there. Uh, our Facebook page also, SoCal Watch Reviews yeah. uh, Podcast yeah. uh, Facebook page. Instagram, SoCal Watch Reviews. YouTube, SoCal Watch Reviews. I am a little past 600 subscribers on YouTube. I am eager, eager to give away that Pagani Design Watch. I want to give it away to somebody once we hit 1,000 subscribers. If you haven't seen the review by my friend AB from the Watch Collecting Strategy channel, he compared it to his Rolex Mariner. Um, of course, it has the shortcomings, but to be honest with you, uh, you know, uh, the messages that he sent me when he had this thing, he was like, you know what, Miguel, I am kind of impressed by this thing. Obviously, I wouldn't buy it, but for the price that you picked it up for, it's crazy. It's a crazy watch, and it's crazy how much these uh, Chinese companies are able to pack into this watch. So look, at the end of the day, if you're a watch collector, buy whatever speaks to you. If that's a Pagani design watch, go get yourself that. If it's an Invicta, go get that. If it's a Rolex, go get that. It doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, you're going to be criticized by people no matter what. Even if you have a rare Protect Philippe, somebody's going to criticize you. So just don't worry about criticism. And with that said, I'm Miguel. We got P. We got Fred. We thank you for listening to another episode. And as always, my friends, stay humble. Cut.